Hello and welcome to Maidens of the Spear, where we talk about the Wheel of Time, and we have a wheelie good time. Wheelie and today, uh, oh, I'm Sarah, by the way. I'm Mary Lou. And Mary Lou, what are we talking about today? Today, I want to talk about more death, because more I don't get it. Yeah, no, it's confusing. I don't get it. Um, Moiraine uh, explains it like I don't know twice, <laughs> and everybody's just like, "Uh huh, yeah. yeah, yeah, got it." Right. And right. I'm like, literally, somehow this evil is powerful enough to rival the dark one, and it just mm -hmm. came from somewhat. I don't I don't get it. I want to talk sure. about where Mordeth supposedly come came from. Uh -huh. Right. And I get Pat and Fane is not Mordeth. Mordeth is not Pat and Fane, right? There's something different. But like, why? And like, how? Yeah. And like, how come? How come? So just a little background reminder for this is this is Wheel of Time spoiler chat today. Spoiler so. chat. What's all this uh, then? What? What's all What's this all then? This then? What's all this then? What's um, all this then? Just a little reminder for those who've read the books. Maybe it's been a while and, and you know, you know, Mordeth, Mashadar. Uh, so Mordeth um, kind of slash Mashadar. Mashadar is the shapeless evil that took over and destroyed the once great city of Aridal or Aridhal or whatever you want to pronounce it. Um, and this was a great city during the Trolloc Wars. It was like uh, almost like equal to Menethrin. And it was overcome with this evil, the Mashadar, that didn't come from the Dark One. It was its Ooh. own evil. Yes. And uh, Trollocs and Fades are afraid to go into the city now called Shadar Lagoth because it has swallowed armies of Trollocs whole. Um, and more death. Mordeth was like a dude. Just a um, guy. I will read from the Wheel of Time wiki Please. real quick. Uh, so during the time of the Trolloc Wars, when Arid Hall was the capital, a mysterious man named Mordeth came to the city at some point during the war and won the king's favor, becoming his most trusted counselor. Mordeth advised that the city withdraw in on itself in that they had to become harder, become as cruel and merciless as their enemies, and corrupted by Mordeth's influence and the king's will. The people changed their battle cry to, The victory of the light is all. Reflecting the zeal they devoted to the fight against the shadow to the exclusion of all else, and they uttered it more frequently as their deeds became worse and worse, and it soon came to be that the people had become so dark and feared that many would prefer to see the arrival of Trollocs than soldiers from Aritol. That uh, it? That's, a, that's pretty badass. Um, it's very badass. It tells me nothing I don't already know. But... They descend into darkness, and every man, woman, and child slays each other in a single night, and the vileness of their deeds gets so imbued in the very foundations of the city that Mashadar is born an evil, almost as great as the shadow itself. Okay, love love that. Good stuff there. One super tiny question. Right, right. Why? What? Huh? <laughs> 
Yeah, mostly. Yeah, so- question number one. What? Like, why is my thing? One, okay, one, one. Question one. Mordeth is a mysterious man that comes from nowhere. I'm just supposed yeah. to accept that? Right. Robert Jordan. Huh? This is the, mm-hmm. listen, I love Bobby Joe more than anything. Bobby J, I love him. He's brilliant. So detailed. So amazing. Anytime I'm like, but wait, no. Bobby Joe has already answered that question. Or he leaves it on purpose. A mystery like Nakomi, duh. Um, yeah. Mystery for the ages. That's another podcast. Um, but Mordeth just is a mysterious man. Mm-hmm. from elsewhere. Yeah. Uh-huh. So and then my I second question I'm... is, why do they all kill each other in one night? <laughs> it just says so, like they do, but like... I can eh? tell you what we know about Mordeth from the wiki. Um, before he comes to Eridol, he... Mordeth was originally a good man devoted to destroying the Shadow. He went in search of many powers, including the Finn. Unfortunately, he found a number of dark things, including the power of Mashadar, which would ultimately corrupt him and define the rest of his life. So, so he found Mashadar. I it, well, I think Mashadar isn't born until that night when Eridol all slays itself. Right. But I do think he finds like a darkness. I okay. I think we can approach this at two levels. Like first, like ontologically in universe, the fuck is happening. Like, I agree with you. Like, it's, I don't know. But I think it's more productive to start the inquiry um, by looking at it thematically. Okay. So, like, why why is Mordeth? Why is this part of the story? What maybe was RJ getting at? Or at least, what do I think he was getting at? Um, and I think it's actually a really interesting part of the story. And I think it's it's part of why I really love the battle of the creator versus the dark one, mm. which I know like archetypally, um, archetypically, uh, like the fantasy trope of good versus evil is it's really easy to see it that way, but it's not good versus evil. I don't think it no, is it's the creator. It's the creator versus who is often, you know, described or as creating the pattern and the pattern is not right. good. And it's not even the creator, it's the light, which is like not a presence. Like there is no incarnation of the light other than maybe the dragon reborn. But like you have the creator who is this like deist style, um, like clockmaker who sets the pattern going and then fucks off. Mm -hmm. Like there's a really interesting line I love in the eye of the world where Moraine sees something happening. Um, I think it's like the three Taviran being in the same place or something. And she is like, I'm almost tempted to say that this is the work of the creator intervening if I didn't know that was impossible. Like, the creator has no hand in the world. No, absolutely not. Um, so it's not a battle, but it's not a battle between good and evil. It's not a battle between God and Satan. I see the main struggle in the Wheel of Time, the last battle, Tarman Gaidon. Like, what does the Dark One want? He doesn't want evil, at least not in like human terms. He wants nothingness. Yeah, the, the destruction wants, of time. He wants to destroy time, destroy the pattern. He wants non-being. And like this is a battle between just the raw fact of existing and 
nothingness, which kind of uh, your cat is messing with your webcam, which is. Yes, yeah, she is. Uh-huh. Uh, She's napping. She can't be interrupted. Okay. Uh, which to me kind of like and this is obviously me being an overly pretentious philosophy major, but it's sort of like. Um, like white Aja. White Aja. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like in Camus, the myth of Sisyphus, where the battle is between, you know, every individual, the battle they face. The first question, the primary question of philosophy is, why shouldn't I kill myself? And right. it's like, to live as a human, to be fully human, is to live in active rebellion against the idea of death, against the nothingness. And that's what I see the forces of light as. They aren't good. It's not a moral good in the terms of human society's good. It's just a denial of death, first of all. Right. And Masha Dar, then, I, this, is a, this is long-winded, I know. We're getting to the point. I'm excited. Masha Dar and more death are human evil. That's the human more traditional evil. evil. This is societal evil, paranoia, mistrust, jealousy, all these things that come from human emotions. Vengeance. And they specifically... Yes stem from their zeal to fight for the light. This, I think, is Robert Jordan's criticism of like a, an ends justify the means mentality. This is where it gets you. Because when you're dealing with the last battle, the light versus the shadow, the ultimate battle to preserve existence itself, all else is permitted if it leads to victory for the light, right? Mm-hmm. It's like where we see the white cloaks going. Like I was just going to say, yeah. wow, he's really kind of hitting us over the head with this. Like, not hitting us over the head, but, you know, he's got multiple avenues to mm -hmm. to talk about this uh, theme with the white cloaks. Right. And they're from page one. Uh, yeah. Obviously. And, and later with the Sean Chan, where it's like we see, you know, we see the forces of the light make that compromise with these slavers in the Sean Chan and allow them to use their demani because they need it to defeat the forces of the shadow. Um, this is my take anyway, and obviously I could go on and on about this, but Mary Lou, before All right, I talk, that actually really helps minutes. me. I like thinking of it as that, like, okay, so it's not, because what's the line? Every single time more death is described, more death or Mashadar, it is a power to rival the dark one, right? Mm -hmm. It is a power to rival the dark one. And so for me, it always kind of felt like, okay, then I've got three prongs and two of them are evil, right? Like three prongs on a triangle of, uh, of antagonism. And we've yeah. got the dark one, the light and friggin' Mordeth Mashadar. Like what? Like that just doesn't yeah. seem fair. Right. Um, but then at the end of the day, right, Pat and Fane and, and Mordeth, they end up causing more trouble, uh, just as much trouble for the Dark One as they do for the Dragon Reborn. Um, yeah. I like seeing it as that really helps me to understand it as like a manifestation of fundamentally human societal cultural evil as opposed to like ontological philosophical nothingness right eh. that yeah, works all saved. right Mashadar, okay I'm, it works I good enough you. i 
I think it is an overall echo of the struggle we see Rand going through. And I actually got into a little argument about this with someone on a Wheel of Time Discord recently. Oh my God, I, and I, so I want to hear so much more. Yes, give me the drama. Uh, the complaint made by um, my respected discursant was about Rand's unwillingness to kill women. They were like, this just holds him back. This is regressive. It's sexist. It just like it stalls the plot and he never grows past it. Like there's no arc. There's no evolution. It's just this thing that's there. It's a flaw, but it serves no narrative purpose. It's just in the way and it feels out of place. It and is a flaw. I would not say it does not serve a narrative purpose. And I think, well, it serves a lot of narrative purpose, but I, I think like at a thematic level, it's getting at the exact same question as the dark one versus more death. Wait, wait, what did I just say? I meant that it does serve a narrative purpose. Did I say it didn't? You said it does. I was agreeing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, like obviously like it affects a lot of his decisions and plot points, but um yeah. Uh, but just at like a thematic level, like why I think it's important that Rand has that, like why Rand needs it and why it ties into the themes of the story is the same idea like rand is the dragon fucking reborn he is the hero of prophecy specifically spun out by the pattern to defeat the dark one and there's only seven of them there's like one per age you know mm -hmm. and then it cycles uh if you are that person and you're the most powerful person on earth and you have the most ultimate destiny and cause you can justify fucking anything if you let yourself like, it's on you to define these boundaries or else, like, Randall Thor could have, you know, justified anyone who disobeys me. Boom, Balefire. You're out. <laughs> You're standing against me. I am the light, bitch. Like, I agree. Sure, his refusal to, like, kill women, it's intentionally regressive. It's, like, a relic of his small-town farm boy upbringing. But that's exactly what what I'm going to say is that he has a small town farm boy upbringing. He specifically is a human. Yes, he is mm -hmm. this messianic figure. Right. Is that the word messianic? Yeah, Messiah. Right. Messianic yeah, is good. Messianic figure. Right. He is the dragon reborn, but he's also friggin Randolph Thor, where mm -hmm. he grew up in a town where you, you don't hurt women. Right. He's he's not loose there in Telamon, which who grew up in an age where women were, you know, uh, at least understandably or that we understand in the age of legends. Women were completely equal to men equally seen as mm -hmm. um, adversaries and, uh, you know, colleagues, um, and so would have absolutely no compunctions killing a woman. Uh, but that's that's the point, right? Is that he is in his age. He's in his time. He's specifically a human being. That's the whole point of this whole series, yeah. right? Is that he is greater than just one man, but also is just one man. And that's yeah. why we're reading it. To read and about like what would happen if... What, what would happen if you read Jesus's diary? Like, it, he's a real guy. And if, if he doesn't have these boundaries and these lines for himself, even if they feel, you know, arbitrary and regressive to the reader, that's when you start verging into the endless zeal of Arid Hall. That's when you have more death. 
that's the person who's so positioned against the shadow that all else is permissible. And I think Robert Jordan is warning us away from that. He's saying Rand right. needs these boundaries. Right. He because can't. it's Randolph Thor, he chose the boundary of I do not kill women, but right. he needs any boundary at all right. to remain human, to remain grounded and exactly not mashadaric. And not mashadar. Exactly. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's what I've always thought of it. It's an interesting topic because it's one I've been thinking about recently too, because I've been rereading the eye of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, any final thoughts? Mordeth, Mashadar? Final thoughts on Mordeth and Mashadar. Honestly, um, I, so I'm in the middle of my second rereading. I, um, it's funny that you bring up Rand's um, inability to kill women because the scene I just finished, um, I'm in book four. Which one's book four? Um, Shadow Rising. Yeah, Shadow Rising. I'm in Shadow Rising, and the scene I just finished was when Celine appears to him in the stone, and he um, has a chance to kill her, and he just can't because just she's can't. a woman, right? She is one of the yep. for- He says, he's like, she is one of the forsaken. She is so powerful. She is so mm-hmm. dangerous. And she's still a woman and I can't kill her. And does that make me roll my eyes and grit my teeth and tear my hair out? Yes. But also that's like fascinating character development. And it's a strong boundary that he sets from book one to uh, the end. All the way through. All the way through. And how is that not? All the way through to Perrin. In the cave of Shial Ghoul, snapping Sindane's neck because he's like, I know you need to die, and I know Rand can't kill you. Can't kill you. So I have to do it. And then crunch, baby. Let's go. Friggin', um, <laughs> I'm so excited to get there again. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's fantastic. Um All right. I am, yeah. I am, I am, let's say appeased. I am appeased. I am less frustrated by the existence of Mordeth and Mashadar. I am excited to read more about the Padanfein Mordeth um, development, right? I love Padanfein as a character. I love the casting in the show of him. As soon as I saw him, I was like, that's Padanfein. Yes, instantly. Some of the characters I was like, ooh, I don't know about that one. But that, oh, instant. I knew, oh, he's going to be amazing. So I'm just, I'm really excited to read that um, thread through the books again. Now with this new understanding of Mordeth and Mashadar as human greed and evil. I think, I, I, Look forward to hearing about your journey. These are just my thoughts. Like, obviously, like it doesn't track perfectly um, because, like, dark friends, the humans who are drawn to the dark one are drawn there for human greed reasons frequently, but also so often fear of death, um, right? The desire for immortality, and yeah, and that's kind of interesting. Um, we see that the Eridolians, right, are not afraid of death. They're mostly soldiers. They'll do anything for the light. Right. Mm-hmm. And that maybe that's kind of echoed in the uh, 
apocryphal night where they all slew each other, man, woman, and child, right? We still don't really know why that happened or what it was, but there's definitely no fear of death if every single person in the city is killing themselves and each other. They're overwhelmed by suspicion, right? Like they got to the point, I've always just imagined they got to the point where everyone around them was a dark friend. Right. And so once you see someone killing someone else, that's that's and it's just confirmation that they must be a dark friend and you're the only one. So mm-hmm. everybody. Right. But that's no fear of death and that's no fear of. No, of yeah, murder. it's it's its own thing. Um, Interesting. Well, that's Interesting. this has been more death. And and uh, just on the topic of Rand killing women that we didn't get into because uh, we're not experts in the life of Robert Jordan the the real human author um no but i have read um i read a really interesting interview with him years ago where he was talking about rand's refusal to kill women and how it stemmed from his own personal experiences as a young soldier in vietnam Mm. um, going up against the Viet Cong, that uh, a Viet Cong army that had a lot of women in its forces and like this being his own moral struggle as like someone with this mindset who'd grown up with this, you don't hit women in war against women. Mm -hmm. And like um, just at a outside the book level, a lot of Rand's struggle is Robert Jordan's struggle that he was working through in these books. Well, Um, I mean, I think that shows through in a lot of, in why it's so compelling, right? Yeah. Rand is, uh, I mean, people always say that Superman is the least interesting comic book character, right? Because he's all powerful and has no flaws. Um, And Rand is our Superman. He is, you know, the Messiah. Uh, He's all powerful, Um, but he, he does have flaws and that's what makes him so interesting. That's why we read 14 books about it. So whoever your, uh, you know, discursive partner was in that, uh, (laughs) in that little uh, discord spat, um, I think needs to count their blessings that Rand wouldn't kill a woman because that made for really fascinating reading. Frustrating, yes, absolutely, but definitely character development, definitely narrative purpose. Totally agree. Um, well, this has been Maidens of the Spear talking What's about all this then. What's all this then? Talking about Mordeth, Mashadar, the Dark One, human evil, non-existence, killing women. Uh, we're always talking about killing women on this show. Always. And 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 boundaries. And boundaries. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on these topics. Did we get it horribly wrong? Were we kind of right? Do you need to correct us about something? Well, actually, um, please do. We'd love to hear it. We and would. you can tweet at us at Spear Maidens on Twitter and tell us what you think or you can comment down below and tell us why we're wrong or why we're right um, and we stream D&D on Sundays at 4pm on twitch.tv slash maidens of the spear and we stream ourselves having these what's all this then woke talks every Monday uh, roughly 12pm noon and um, yeah hit us up uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dice to Die and Mary Lou. Where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at Mary Lou Larry Moo. That's just Mary Lou with the first letter switched. Um, <laughs> everywhere. I'd like to see you there. <laughs> <laughs>